Hey guys, just a quick warning and parental advisory that the following episode contains explicit language. Welcome back to Lather Talk, a wet shaving podcast. Our guest for today is Scott Stewart of Declaration Grooming. We had a fun and very candid conversation and got a chat about his tenuous relationship with email, our mutual love of video games, and even some hot topics like flipping and the copying of shapes amongst brush makers. And now, on to the episode. Let me hit you with some uh, demographics, guys. So the following information comes from Spotify. This podcast is available on Spotify and all your favorite podcast providers. But so 40% of our (laughs) listeners are in 28 to 34-year-old. And then the next biggest group is in the 32%. uh, At at 32% is 35 to 44-year-olds. Which Okay, this shirt. Come on, guys. This is Patrick Stewart shredding (laughs) on a BC Rich. Come on. I love, I I love the card. background. love the card. Uh, I do too. Janeway is my personal captain. Oh. Uh, I'll take all the flaming all day for that. But I got my reasons, and they're all fucking valid. It's one F. Okay, I get two more. <laughs> I mean, Janeway's up. I feel like, you know, like Janeway and Voyager is like really severely underrated. It's, 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 it's overlooked. It's the only real Star Trek. Everything else is just like let's fl- let's fly around the Alpha Quadrant and talk to people we already know. Like the actual Star mm. Trek was Voyager because they were they're in the in, they're, the, they're in the Delta Quadrant. Unknown. How, yeah, yeah, the unknown. Everything is first contact. She made Seven, first contact seventy-four years from the Alpha Quadrant, or yeah, well, however yeah, long 70, it really took seventy thousand light years. It took <laughs> it took them uh, seven, 12. seven to eight years. Oh. I I know I segue from there. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, man, you're you're totally fine. Uh, so obviously, the Final Frontier was named after Star Trek. Mm-hmm. There's your yes. segue. Come on, man. It was easy. <laughs> I did, I've I've done so many nebula brushes. I'm in front of a nebula. <laughs> it's true. Space is is all over Declaration Grooming, and we're de- we'll definitely talk more about your various. Interest? Upcoming, uh, yeah, I mean, upcoming. I have Apogee and Peregrine, which will be a um, like a a sister set. They're not close to done yet, but um, they have very fun, spacey labels. Much like Chaotic Neutral is my favorite label to date. Oh, that was that was a great one. Well, thank you. Spacey, really... definitely yeah. spacey. <laughs> yeah, it's I I really like space um i've cultivated a persona i guess of being generally silent and aloof and unavailable which is very in keeping with how i am as a human but also uh i only have a finite amount of time i i think that of all the complaints that customers or you know prospective customers would have against me is that i am just the absolute worst at uh correspondence but i just only have a finite amount of time and 
in in my head, and this is probably absolutely terrible for business, but correspondence comes last. Uh, making shit comes first. <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of time left over between the two. Like I, like even an hour or two a day, if I were to devote that to correspondence is an hour or two a day that I'm not making things. And my, the only reason people want to talk to me, the only reason anybody knows who the hell I am is because of the things that I make. So if I turn into just a, like if I were to do this, like, like this sort of podcast format, like take this time every day to just talk about things, that's time people are getting to know me as a human, but time that I'm not making things. And uh, I feel like the ratio of knowing me as a human to me making things has to be very lopsided. I think that's very understandable. Um, two questions though like yeah of course if, if you were to like break it down percentage wise right because i think and i think you said so in the past where hey, you are you know into making software for shaving and hand tying knots turning and turning brush handles when you can so let's just category let's put that all in one category of making stuff which you mentioned yep. what would you say then is like and, and you can slice up you know the pie however you want but out of 100 percent, right. how much what's the piece of the pie that goes to making stuff versus uh, for lack of a better term, I think customer service. Cause I mean, that's, that's part, big part of the communications part, but uh, you know, d- divide that out more if you like. Okay. So I'm going to divide, mm, I'm going to divide that piece. Mm. Uh, it's not just customer service. Cause there's a difference between customer service and e- email. <laughs> Too broad. there's a difference between customer service and like correspondence okay. uh, correspondence yep. being like just chatting that's not about like hey there was a problem with my order or hey um, tracking hasn't updated in two weeks like those kind of emails I that's where most of my customer service time goes is basically being just like a basic CSR. I don't have a customer service rep to do these for me. Uh, They're not complicated. They just, they take time and they take like whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever it is I'm trying to make. Like I could be standing out at the lathe. I, I have my phone mounted above me so I can, so I don't like, feel a notification have to reach my pocket to take out my phone so i can look at it and it's like okay that's i see like the quick notification and it's like okay that's from customer let me check it real quick and it's like i didn't receive my order or whatever then that's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna check on that real quick but if it's uh if it's a question that's like hey are you going to bring this sent back in the future i'd love to be able to answer all of those questions i don't have time to do it that's like the amount of time it takes to because i can turn a handle fast finishing handles like sanding them because i I, wet sanding all of them polishing them buffing them makes my hands gross like just covered in dust and polishing compound buffing compound so it's like i don't want to touch my phone with my dusty compoundy hand sure it's like oh let me like clean my hand off and then it's like well i don't want to take it out of the mounts and i got to get the other hand 
I do have to take it out of the mound, it's like, okay, let me thumb this shit out. And then it turns into like a five minute thing, which doesn't seem like a lot. But if you've got momentum built on doing like a thing and then you get pulled out of it from your phone for a second, which turns into five minutes. Uh, and that happens like several times per session, especially when trying to like balance life with this dude <laughs> who uh, can't be left alone. Uh, it, Scott's, Scott's pointing to one of his pups. I'm sorry. I was pointing to, to my, my puppy who is now five months and chungus <laughs> big big pup. yeah he's five months in a week now Dang. uh but yeah so and then quite honestly i come in here at night like once he's i gotta go pick him up from daycare and i come in here and i wind up sitting in this exact spot tying knots and uh, at some point try to take some personal time to like hang out with both of my dogs or uh, you know play video games that's video games are like that's my recreation uh, especially during COVID so uh, shit I'm this is like the longest answer ever to a simple question Basically making things, 98% of my time, um, actual customer service, 1.9% of my time, correspondence, 0.1%. There's, but, there's yeah. your simple answer. You <laughs> no, that. no, but I, I, I like the distinction between uh, within email between correspondence versus customer service. I mean, I think that's a really, really great distinction because oh. I think that's the it makes sense. Let me be more candid here, and this is probably going to alienate some people. I it's it's not intentional. <laughs> I don't want to alienate anybody. Uh, go, go for it. But the, the thing is, with with the very small amount of notoriety that I have, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's very difficult to tell if people like want to actually like be my friend which is, is weird uh if they're just like lonely and want to talk to me because i'm i i am like a, a popular person which is even weirder uh, if they like are completely disingenuous and just want to like try to befriend me so that they can um, like figure out when the next brush release is that's super fucking common uh, it's like I don't I'm I'm not a social person at all like not in any way I'm extremely introverted um, and I don't have the the emotional psychological mental energy to handle those interactions because there are a lot of them like mm -hmm. it's 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 a lot and I, I i don't have this the space for it 
So I just mostly ignore them because I have to, for me, mm. to be able to make shit. And I obviously can't make nearly enough shit to make anybody happy. Everybody's always mad at me. <laughs> I, I would say on the software side, man, you you, you, you stepped it up a gear uh, this past year. Uh, yeah, this I, past have, year. I, I have an employee. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's that's what you gotta do. And the the second question actually I had was, would you ever out you know outsource slash delegate that customer? Uh, sorry, that email correspondence portion. So I have very recently, and by very recently, I mean in the past week, delegated um, vendor relations to my employee. Okay. Uh, as far as customer service goes, as far as like direct, like business to customer specific communication, speaking candidly, we all know that has to be me. People yeah. aren't, people aren't emailing declaration grooming to talk to a, a CSR. Mm-hmm. They're emailing to talk to me. People yeah. aren't messaging the business page to talk to a csr they're messaging to talk to me specifically and uh you know as a result that's uh that's part of my job and again i do not devote enough time to it like i'll be the first one to say it but the more time I devote to talking to people, the less stuff I can make. And I just going on um, really loose metrics. I haven't quantified it because I don't have time to do so. The amount of angry emails I get because things are not available versus the amount of angry messages I get from people like you didn't respond to my email tells me that people care much more about me making more stuff and making mm-hmm. more stuff available than me talking to them. Uh, I'm doing my best, guys. I want to make everybody happy, and I can't. I just you can't. Nobody can. I think about it, like, I'm just like... Is anyone else in the in the unique position that you're in? I think about that all the time. Because and um, and and you know, not like to to like mention like I'm thinking about like you know the the other people like who do like, like hand tied knots. I'm like uh, none of them specifically are also doing software. Are right. none of, or or fragrances or <clears throat> doing like all of the all of the additional stuff. I, I mean. Am I, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think you know, are gold. Are they tying knots now? Are they the ones making rhodiums? For forgive me for not having any idea what's happening. I really, I really strike, strike gold? gold. They're doing. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's doing hand tied knots. Right, but he but outsources he, his soap to. Correct. Right. Right. See that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and and, yeah. stuff, and stuff like that. As far as I know, uh, hand tied knots are are outside of china are coming from um varlet 
Mozingo, Milton, uh, Strike Gold. Strike Gold, yeah. Is that it? Did I miss anybody? There's like a oh, like Black in the, Eagle. In the, that's fine. Like, and and like that's it. there's like a there's like a couple. I think one just popped up from Italy, and then is there Australia? Well, I think the the. Forgive my, forgive my skepticism but, yeah. when I say this shit, but do we actually know? Because, like, I know Shave Mac exists. I also know that Shave Mac makes Viborg snots. Or Viborg, sorry. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so, like, I, I know of... We, we don't have, we don't have that, those kind of uh, connections. We don't have those kind of ins. But, yeah, like, for the most part, I'm like, Sure. When people say like you're a one man show, I do have an employee now. One plus one plus one plus one. Yeah, right. You know, right. I I have so, a I have a contractor. There you go. You and know? yeah, and that's and it almost still seems like it's not enough. So, so she's she's killing it on her duties. Uh, so here's my current my current predicament. I'm going to gesture to my my puppy now. For okay. those of you Thank on you. audio only, I'm gesturing <laughs> to my Thank puppy. You, Scott. Uh, I got him, and you know I expected about a month. Uh, I got him from some. Apparently, there are dog anti-vaxxers that exist. If that's your stance and what I just said angered you i'm sorry vaccinate your fucking dogs <laughs> moving on he was completely <laughs> unvaccinated when i got him which means that uh my ability to get him into daycare was obviously not a thing for a while so when i got him i was like okay it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit that's fine we'll we'll bond i'll do some training for the dude we'll you know, we'll get him. Like I, I had him at the vet two days after I got him. It was the first appointment I could get for his first round of vaccines. And I got him into daycare as soon as possible. As soon as two days in. Oh, canine influenza. Canine influenza is real. Oh, like it's a legit thing. Uh, so he couldn't go to daycare anymore. And I was like, okay, well, this is another two weeks that I can't work. So another two weeks, couldn't work. For everybody that's listening to me talk right now, it's like, put your fucking dog in a crate and shut up. I have to do that and commute to my job. You're all right. And that's what I did with brisket. And it was fine. Um, he's, <laughs> he's, I, I can't do it because I'm here. I, I, I don't have the ability to do it anymore. I don't want him to be sad. So he got better. I was like, excellent. Send him back to daycare. Yeah, gonna work. Started working. And then I was like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna deploy this pre-order pilot idea that I've been sitting on forever. Did it. Two days later, sick again. Oh. And it's been two weeks, and I haven't started on those pre-orders. And I <laughs> oh. am so stressed about that. 
to be fair, my correspondents, as well as my customer service, they've been better in the past two weeks. Mm. But I haven't scheduled to go back on Tuesday. He's been asymptomatic for a while. And he has to go back because I have to be able to work in the garage. And I can't, he can't be unsupervised. And he's got um, some real isolation anxiety. So, segue from that, John, go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. I, I had to put my cat down uh, at the beginning of January, and that that definitely left a void for mm. lots of reasons, and he, he was necessary. So. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. So. Yeah, he exists now, and he's a real handful. All right, so you're talking a little bit about pre-orders before, Scott. Is this going to become a regular occurrence? I know you're trying to um, play catch-up and see how this first batch goes, but, um, you know, just assuming pre-orders, the first round gets fulfilled, will we see more? First off, they will get fulfilled. I have no choice on that because um, so I, I'm going to cover a lot of ground here. I'm going to try and do it quickly, but this will hopefully answer a lot of people's questions because I get a lot of questions around this. And I, I do want to point out that, and this is not meant to be an attack on any one individual because personally I understand this very well in different spheres Uh, the most like the, the highest or the largest amount of positive feedback I have ever received at one time came the day that I opened up pre-orders. Wow. Normally, my inbox regarding brushes is full of people that are understandably frustrated. Like, I, I don't want to minimize anybody's frustration because I get it. I also, I have, I have hobbies. They're they're different than shaving um, at this point, just because once something becomes your job that consumes you for five years, that consumes all of your time, you got to find something else. Uh, I don't think any accountants are like going home and trying to buy like vintage versions of Quicken. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I feel like they're going home being like, I'm off work now. I'm going to enjoy my life and buy some shaving products. Um, for me, my, my entire job in life is shaving products. And so I've got other hobbies, but I know what it feels like to really want something and be like, Oh, it's coming out tomorrow. I got this. And then like GPUs, like getting my 3090 founders edition. It took two months and a lot of work, but I did it, but it took two months of like having page monitors open for like seven vendors and missing them all the time. <laughs> oh man. And being like, my 2080 Ti is perfectly adequate. I just want a 3090 for no reason. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so the day that I released pre-orders, I received more positive emails in one day than I normally receive in a year. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, Holy fuck. And it was from like people that missed the pre-order sale. They were just like, thank you so much for doing this. I feel like I have a chance of getting one of your brushes now. And so personally, the reason I resisted doing this for so long is because I, It's really hard already to juggle nodding services and regular brush releases. Regular brush releases for me, I, I started this job, like I quit my real life job. For those of you that don't know me, I was a software product manager. It was a legit career with a very strong career path and I quit like I I left it to to make shaving products and there was not a lot of support in my life to do this especially when trying to explain to people hey I'm quitting my job to make shaving products people were like what in the actual fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, no, I, I, I've got a plan and hopefully it's going to work. Like I, I gave up all of the stability of a real well-paying job with a very clear career track to do this. And, uh, you know, I didn't expect the, I didn't expect it to work out. Uh, it, I was like weeks away from it not working out. And then it did. I got my first batch of hair and I was able to do it enough, enough to keep going. I don't know, five years then. So I did, so I quit my job because I personally 
I, I derive a lot of um, self-worth and satisfaction from being able to be creative. And I, in, it, at the very beginning, the entire thing was creative. It was, it was easy to be creative. There were so many avenues for creativity. And as things got bigger, uh, those avenues closed off. And right now, my only two areas of actual creativity are sense and uh, resin pores. And that's it. And uh, I didn't want to move to a, any sort of pre-order system, anything, because that was essentially like giving people an order form or like a menu of like, hey, here are this many choices. Uh, and that removes, that would be like removing one more of my creative avenues leaving me with literally only one, which is just sense. And uh, I really like screwing with resin and doing different pours, thinking of different color combinations, different techniques of pouring. Uh, but after three and a half years since I founded Declaration Brushworks in the beginning, uh, obviously, obviously to everybody, myself included, and I want to be really, really clear here, I don't like page monitors any more than anybody trying to get one of my brushes does. I don't like it at all. I don't like them. We're going to have wish... lots of people saying like, what's a all page the time. monitor? <laughs> uh, no, it's just, uh, it's just emails of people saying, hey, why do the same eight people always get one of your brushes? And me having to say, well, they use page monitors. And I wish that didn't happen, but I can't do anything about it. I'm not a web developer. I've got, I've developed a lot of skills since I started this because it's pretty much just me. Um, every bit of business admin is just me. I'm not a web developer and thus can't make like a script that runs that changes like one random pixel on my brush page to just cause false positive pings constantly on page monitors to the point that people get sick of it and stop using them. Shout out uh, to anyone that can do that. Uh, we would like to, uh, <laughs> preferably for free. <laughs> see, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the thing too, though, is the people that are using page monitors and buying my brushes every single release. Those are my biggest fans. And so it's like, I don't want to alienate or anger my biggest fans. And so it's a really tough position to be in. Because <laughs> I like my biggest fans uh, a lot. They mm -hmm. are like consistent and awesome and enjoy my work. Uh, I know that new people or people that have been trying and missing out a lot would also enjoy my work. And again, just want to be on the record saying 
this is specifically in response to people that think that I, or we collectively, I'm going to speak for most artisans here, not all, but I know that there are others like me who want, like we do what we do. It pays the bills, but it's also, it's very gratifying to make something. It's something that you really put yourself into and have that thing be enjoyed by people that's very if that part of this job didn't exist i would have quit a long time ago this is a hard job but that's so important and it's so it's real like it 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 it's not like creating software i wasn't even the person coding software i was the people telling people that were making software what to make this i am the person physically making it to loop back to the question about outsourcing i don't want to outsource any part of brush making uh doing so I mean, I have empirical data, brushes, like handles, handles that are made by people that are much better than me, like objectively better than me at making handles, don't sell as quickly. I don't know why, they just don't. Uh, the market seems to really care about having a brush made by me from start to finish. And that's the exact kind of thing I quit, again, my very real, very stable job to do. Uh, so to answer the real actual question that was supposed to be very quick, I don't know the future of pre-orders just mm. yet. I in an ideal world, I would maintain, say, a list. Uh, I There's no universe in which I can balance a list of customs with nodding services with regular releases. Um, doing pre-orders limits my ability to be creative to only things that I can reproduce, which are the only things that will ever, ever be offered on pre-orders. Uh, for those of you that have listened to the deep cut of this answer, uh, next up on the pre-order list are Magic Hour, and I haven't decided on the next one. There will be Ivory, Magic Hour, probably be okay 2.0 and maybe another one um ssb gone it's it's extinct so congrats to those of you that got it uh i i explained everything before this point to try to make the point that i still want to do brush releases where 
I get to experiment and be creative and I'm not constrained. Um, Pre-orders in the future will be limited more so than this. I didn't expect this response to them and I didn't expect my dog to get sick again immediately. So I'm overwhelmed, but hopeful-ish. So it has been said that you personally only shave with water. Is it true? Can you give us the the gossip? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I shave with a 0.74 gap Aluma Wolf. Uh, which is an aluminum Wolfman WR1 with an aluminum WR87. And I, um, I'm i just lining this shit up. And uh, I know I've, I said this years ago because I've had this Wolf for a long time. And I personally prefer light razors because in my opinion and we just okay depending on how editing goes we talked about video games for a lot and i like games generally that are hard and in my opinion personally shaving with super light razors is much more difficult than shaving with heavy razors because like say you're shaving with a solid stainless razor or good God, if you're one of those brass folk shaving with a brass razor, they're super heavy and it's very easy to let the weight of the razor do the work with an aluminum razor. In my opinion, and my opinion is my own. It's, there's no weight to the razor. So um, you have to do it just right. Just right. Um, and you do have to apply pressure. Like the pressure's coming from you. It's not coming from the razor. And to me, that challenge, because the parts that I'm not shaving, with the exception, in my opinion, of my chin, which is, in my experience, a problematic area to shave. I shave my neck. And um, top of my cheeks doesn't count. But I shave my neck. And that's it. And uh, the challenge of doing it just right with just water an aluminum razor with a blade that is definitely more than four months old at any given time, except right when I change it. A week after I change it, it's more than four months old. That's how time works. Uh, is I enjoy that challenge because I've got some real masochistic tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun story, I guess. True story. 
for those of you on audio only, this is going to be nothing, but I have a full sleeve on my left arm. It's my enti the entirety of my left arm up my shoulder. I shave this. This I shave with a brush and soap and a fresh blade. My face and neck? No, I, I just, <laughs> just, just, just do it right with the razor. Uh, and it's hard as fuck. Like it's hard. It's intended to be hard. And honestly, the reason I do that is just so that I don't fuck my lineup of my my short stubble beard. I keep it short. And I don't want to fuck my lineup. And if I try and like lather this, I wind up with it at my yeah, you're gonna... jawline yeah. every uh, time. Yeah. I, I ruin it hmm. every single time. So that's where water came from, and that's why I use just water. And then I was like, oh God, this is hard. Wound up just destroying my neck so many times. And uh now I don't which makes me feel superior and what else is wet shaving is a hobby about if not feeling superior to other people in the words of the great ron swanson inside a hardware store i know more i think than about you. it all the time all the time i know more than you i know more than you i know more what than you i know more than you i think about it literally all the time <laughs> Before uh, I'd walk into Walmart. Think, also, uh, let it be heard here first, because I name my soaps or my scents or whatever the way I do. There will be a snake juice. Snake juice. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Yeah, it'll mm -hmm. happen. I'll try to make it all better than Tom did, but there will be a snake juice. <laughs> well, hit me with. I... Let's get with these questions then. Okay. The well, the one question I, the, you know, it was was from our friend over at Try That Soap. What is Scott's most prized possession in EverQuest? Why is it pre nerf J boots? <laughs> it wasn't pre nerf J boots. It was always my my fungal tunic. That was that was my absolute prized possession. I was an Ixar monk. I got I got my fungal tunic, and this is going to appeal to nobody. Nobody's going to know what the hell I'm talking about, except including maybe, the two people. <laughs> except maybe I, our friend to try that soap. I bought it in Eastern Eastern Common Land, East Common Lands, in the tunnel, less than two days before the drop rate was nerfed. I got it for eight thousand plat. Oh, I I got lucky on a Jade Mace drop. It was a oh that was that was like the only lucky thing that ever happened to me in my life. And everything else was garbage. But that <laughs> dude, dude that, just reliving that was just almost like like uh, man, we're gonna have to smoke a cigarette after that. Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have a very like addictive personality when it comes to stuff like that. So I never got into MMOs. Um, like I loved Warcraft, Warcraft three. Yeah. And then when they announced, Same. wow. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Like I will, I will seriously become. I'd been Cartman. playing EverQuest for years. It had already, yeah. it had already taken root. Um, I didn't play well. I, 
I I never liked Blizzard games. I played WoW because everybody did. Everybody, yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, I'll play WoW. So I did. It it, it was like I I I couldn't get over just being annoyed with it in general because I was like, okay, they took EverQuest, they took all the parts of EverQuest that were hard and like made things meaningful and made them super easy. Like they stripped like playing EverQuest was soul crushingly difficult. And Blizzard was like, hmm, we're gonna take all that soul crushingness away. And I get that for a game that's oh, okay, make the game fun for these filthy casuals, whatever. <laughs> But it, it made things mean so much less. Like, things did not mean the same thing in WoW. Achievements were not the same. EverQuest is the best MMO. I don't Someone new to your brand, what would you recommend to them? Uh, There's so much stuff talking, that you got right now. Are we talking... Uh, Soap and Splash. Soap and Splash. Scentwise. Oh. Dude, this is this is gonna devolve into a really long thought. So just, first, first impulse, just 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 name, just just go. Sell out, obviously. There. Okay. Good answer. Jesus, I don't want to answer that. But Aventus is universally loved. It just is. It it's not interesting. It's not an interesting scent. But it is universally inoffensive. Mm. It's unbelievable to me how perfectly they did it. That it's just so inoffensive because we're so used to smelling things. And I'm not saying like we in this community who spend a lot of time smelling things, but we collectively as humans are so used to like smelling people and be like, oh, that if there's just some Aventus on them or sellout or executive man or <laughs> whatever the hell anybody else calls it, if there's some of that on that person. We're going to have to request the meme with every single, <laughs> every single. <laughs> If there's just some of that on them, then it's like that person doesn't smell bad. And almost everybody, like it is crazy how transcendently approved that scent is. It's, it, it's not it's all- interesting, but it's so inoffensive that you can put it on just about anybody or anything and it's like okay this thing is less objectionable to me i would also like to uh you know uh honorable mention to opulence as well as as far as being oh. inoffensive oh uh, for, for 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 a crowd at least a crowd pleaser if not yes. inoffensive yeah definitely a crowd pleaser yeah and i have no problem uh, being on the record saying that I literally only do dupes as crowd pleasers because they are low effort and they sell well. Uh, yeah, which was another technical question. Yeah, well, not, not really. 
there's like something about like yeah something about i think there was something like that in there. How, <laughs> how do you choose people, what dupe sense to use that, is, it uh, yeah. people, is, it people, is it popular people ask me yeah people <laughs> ask me they're like hey will you do a dupe of this and i'm like uh let me see if other people care about it then i ask a couple of people and if those couple of people are mostly like that would be great and it's like yeah okay and then um the amount of effort involved is getting a decant designing a label and um then going through like the endless tedium of ordering uh pre-blend fragrances and smelling them versus the decant and figuring out the closest one and then doing lots of skin tests um, to make sure it's not going to burn. And that's the amount of effort versus doing original ground up fragrance design. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're lower effort, not great but lower and that's the only reason I do any dupes at all is because they they're known quantities to people like they're already known and there's already like a fan base built in mm. it's like being a cover band at a bar it doesn't feel good other than like like how well can I do what these other creatives did for these people in the bar um, <laughs> i'm done with this question now okay all of my thoughts have been, have been... <laughs> no thank you that, that question was from daily care solutions actually a bit of a follow-up because it involves one of your dupes as a question from uh, hanging with jt he asks are you a big rush fan Based on Cygnus yep. X1, of course. Of course. <laughs> Why else would I name? Again, I'm a, a, obviously a huge space fan in general. <laughs> Cygnus X1 is the first black hole discovered. Hopefully, I'm not wrong on that. But also, <laughs> holy fuck, the cliffhanger of Cygnus X1. Uh, I love Rush. So, yes. So Scott, with the high demand of your brushes, we do see uh, flipping, basically, you know, uh, people picking up these just to sell them oftentimes above the original cost. Uh, what, what are your feelings, I guess, in general about that practice? Okay, so I've got, like, I'll be really candid here and say I've got, I've got really mixed feelings about it because on the, you know, on, on one hand, uh, like watching my my products sell for more than I sold them for tells me, like, hey, you can raise prices at some point. And uh, in, in case I haven't stressed it before, this is my sole source of income. Like, this is how my mortgage gets paid and my student loans get paid and my all of my debt gets paid from everything, everything. Keeping these dogs alive 
keeping myself alive, all comes from this. And so watching the secondary market uh, when my brushes sell for more than I sold them for, it's like, okay, maybe I'm not priced accordingly. Uh, on the other hand, it's deeply frustrating. Like, I can't adequately put into words how frustrating it is watching people who have like good page monitors and are signed in ready to go with apple pay which seems to be the fastest uh ready to go to just buy a brush with the sole intent of reselling it for more than they bought it for like without even trying it without wanting it and i get that to those people it's just a product like it's 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 a it's a commodity like anything else and i understand because i'm not an idiot i understand that i produce commodities that can be bought and sold by anybody i get that but uh to me they're not they're not just commodities they're I, it it feels so pretentious to me to say that I I feel that they're art, uh, but to me they are. They're a part of myself. Like every brush that I make, there's a part of me that goes into every one, and it was inevitable that they would be, well, not necessarily inevitable, but likely, I guess, with the whatever level of success you want to call what I've achieved is that they would become like baseball cards or I, I, I honestly feel like Pokemon cards with the gotta catch them all uh, <laughs> mentality is a better fit. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, in retrospect, it feels like that was just an inevitability. Mm. Um, and it's really, it's hard, it's hard watching that because it's like, oh, this, this person didn't actually want it. They just wanted to make like a hundred bucks because their page monitor was better or their Apple pay was faster or whatever. Um, and it's not, it's not even like, oh, I could have made an extra hundred dollars. I don't care about that because I'm the one that has my inbox that reads emails from people that I, that really want a brush and they're not fast enough or they, they miss it. They miss a release because the releases are available for like 45 seconds and when I when I announce releases, it's worse. I've only announced one release ever, and it was huge. And it was gone in like one minute with an announced time. And that's 
that's faster than if I don't announce them, but then it's only people with page monitors. And so, yeah, so that's where the pre-order system came from. And that didn't work the way I thought it was going to. They sold, I, I never imagined the amount that I made available would sell. Uh, within it within less than an hour i thought that would be days or weeks um i tried to be really specific in my copy that there would still be regular brush releases and nodding services available and yeah so my feelings on the secondary market are uh from a solely profit driven standpoint which is not how i make just about any business decision. Um, it's good for me that brushes sell above MSRP because that's just a, oh, MSRP needs to go up. Like that's what that tells me. But um, I don't, I'm not, this isn't, while this is my sole source of income and pays my bills, this isn't about trying to extract like the most amount of money possible from people or trying to try to move the invisible hand to the perfect balance point. It's not about that. It's about making things that people are going to enjoy. And I personally, I have more of a problem with the fact that somebody got a brush that they're not, perfectly happy with like that that hits me harder than anything being sold above msrp or people essentially gaming the system to be able to uh buy buy them not because they want them but just because they're available and they happen to have a page monitor and are signed in with Apple Pay. None of me saying Apple Pay repeatedly is meant to uh, promote Apple Pay in any way. It's just people that have complained to me directly mention it a lot as apparently being the fastest way. So there's your pro tip for getting a brush <laughs> is get a really good page monitor, always be signed in and be ready to go with Apple Pay. Um, because there's a lot that's, that's been said about uh, copycats uh, as far as shapes go. And the Jefferson, obviously, it's, it's, it's the one that is your most popular. It, it's the one that outlasted the other shapes that you had. But we see, uh, I think for the most part, from custom, other turners uh, doing custom orders and are just basically fulfilling those custom requests make one that looks like a Jefferson, whether, you know, whatever's happening behind the scenes, I don't know. But you know, what are your personal feelings about when you see this shape of yours reappear from other people? Well, I have a lot of feelings about this that I have never voiced publicly. Uh, the Jefferson as a shape, and I could say this, definitively did not exist 
before I made it. It just, it didn't. It's not frilly. It's not necessarily difficult to turn. But the shape itself did not exist. It is something that I myself from turning a lot of brush handles prior uh, just kind of landed on as a what to me was a convergence of what was available on the market, what existed, what I mean, the the market was so dominated with like chubbies and um, like polos, like like that sort of handle uh, that and the Jefferson it it to me, and again, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes, not anybody in particular at all, but it's my shape. And uh, being my shape, it, to me, feels inevitable. Like it feels like it was in just an inevitable evolution of everything I had turned up to the time where I was like, okay, Declaration Brushworks is going to be a thing. I had had my first batch of hair for a while. I had drilled on tying knots for months with a single sample of hair. I tied it over and over and over and over for months while waiting for the first shipment to come in. And I was still turning handles at the time uh, I, under the L&L brand. And the Jefferson in particular was just, I needed a shape that I could reproduce, but would be comfortable because the, like I have no problem saying that the Franklin was an, an offshoot of the chubby style handle, but designed in my opinion because I'm the one making this shit, designed, in my opinion, to be ergonomic. Because holding a chubby, to me, sucks. Like, it's it's not comfortable to me. Other people, I don't know. Uh, other people seem to love them, and that's fine. But this shape... For those of you listening, you can't see it. I just happen to have a Jefferson right here. This shape didn't exist. Uh, and this is just the evolution of, I don't know, doing a thing for a year and making a bunch of handles and you make a bunch of shit and you're like, oh, this is comfy. Why is this comfy? And you keep doing that and looking at what's available and you keep doing it. For me, I landed here as the just ideal handle shape that's comfortable now it's obviously possible that that 
happens with other people. It's also unlikely that people doing this specific niche work for not a large market have not seen this exact handle shape that I made. And uh, there's one person in particular that absolutely intentionally copied this shape uh, for just not mass production, but for regular production. They're, the rest of the copycats that I've seen are, I remember what it was like to be in my first year of doing this and like any amount of money I could make from doing it was very helpful. I, uh, real quick shout out, and this is unrelated-ish, but huge shout out to Sean of Chateau Luke's. Had he not collaborated with me when he did, I would have quit. I would have been bankrupt from this venture. Um, had he not done that when he did, uh, I was eight or nine months in. Had he not done that, I wouldn't have made it. Uh, and I remember what that felt like. I remember having people, because I was doing only custom handles at the time, I remember having people say, hey, I can't get on the wolf whiskers list. Uh, I keep missing it. Can you make this handle shape for me? But I also remember saying no. I remember saying no a lot. And I remember saying no when saying no meant the difference between half a power bill or not. It's like, do I want to spend two hours paying half my power bill or not? And the only two times, there were exactly two times. Uh, one time it was for a friend, for a trade. And I reached out to Peter and I said, hey, Peter, I have a uh, friend that wants this exact handle shape. He just wants me to turn it. Do you mind if I do this? I'm not making any money off of this. I'm just doing a trade. And Peter responded and said, no, I don't mind. That's totally fine. The other time a person took the time to take two wolf whiskers shapes and Photoshop them together into a shape that was not offered by Peter. And they said, hey, can you make this? And I again reached out to Peter who didn't know who the fuck I was because I was just a dude with a lathe. I had, he didn't know who I was. I I've met him several times since and I love Peter and I truly appreciate him for being just awesome uh, early on in my career in shaving. But I sent him a picture and I said, hey, or that picture that the dude photoshopped and I said, hey, this is uh, a combination of your of two of your shapes that a person wants. Is this okay with you if I turn this? I will be making money on this. And he said, yeah, it's totally fine. I don't care. 
and that was awesome. Um, the rest of the time, I was very specific. I will not copy anybody's shapes. And that's just so boring to me. Like, why be in this? Again, uh, I don't know how this podcast is going to be edited, but I talked earlier about how this is art to me. This is a part of me that goes into all of this. This is not just, this isn't just me mass producing commodities. This matters to me. And so copying anybody was never something I was willing to do. And I made sure that if it ever came up, or even something copying adjacent. And I did research on shapes that people asked for mm -hmm. and made sure that anything I was gonna be making, like if people had specific shapes in mind or had sketches, that it wasn't going to copy anybody else. So four years later from that, five years into this business, uh, The Jefferson's a good shape. Like it's a good size and shape or I wouldn't make so many of them. Uh, I wouldn't have landed on it as my default shape, which has been essentially the only one I've made for years. Mm -hmm. uh, watching people copy it is, it doesn't annoy me in the it doesn't annoy me in a monetary sense i don't feel that it's going to erode my business too much it annoys me in a an artistic sense sure. of hey why you're a different person you have a different skill set. Why aren't you using it? Like, be original. Be yourself. Make something that's a part of you. There, there's some turners that say, or some people that say, oh, every shape's been made. Nothing's original. So everything's fair game. And that's bullshit. That's like saying every song's been written. So if you rip off somebody's song, that's totally fine. And that's bullshit. There's an infinite amount. Again, for me, functionality converged on the shape of the Jefferson. But mm -hmm. if, if there were only one shape that made sense, there would be only one fucking brush shape. And there are thousands So yeah, I, I wish people would be original for the sake of art, not for the sake of my business. Mm -hmm. I feel like in these conversations, debate, whatever you want to call it, right? The music analogy works really well because I think, and just art in general, it's easy to say uh, we are, an artist is inspired by something, right? 
but it's it's wholeheartedly different from right. copying. So yeah, Cole, uh, Coldplay and Joe Satriani will always be my go-to. Mm. Uh, I never liked Coldplay. I grew up listening to Joe Satriani, and still to this day, venerate him as the the best guitarist I've ever heard, and will probably ever hear. And there, I mean, Coldplay. Maybe they didn't rip him off maybe they never heard his song and things just worked out the way that they did maybe things converged the mm-hmm. way that things converged it's possible <laughs> but it's still it's it's annoying artistically to me i barely consider myself an artist i use the term very loosely uh, and we can call that imposter syndrome or we can be real about it. I don't know which is real. So either way, uh, I wish that people would not do it. The most infuriating, there's not, there's not a lot about this particular situation of copycats or flipping or whatever that it absolutely infuriates me. But the thing, the the specific attitude that truly gets to me is when somebody says, if Scott cared, he would just say something about it and then I wouldn't do it. That is the worst because I fucking do care. But I'm also not, both from a time standpoint, from a, I don't want to get embroiled in arguments about this shit, about like two brush handles. I don't care. I do care about people rationalizing whatever bullshit they want to do by saying that I would say something if I cared. I don't have time for that shit. But to anybody listening to this, I fucking do care. Be original, be yourself. God, if this is about money, drive for Uber. You can make the same amount of money you're making. There are other ways. God, be creative. That's all. Hey, Turners, you're better than this. Be better. Come up with your own shapes. You can do it. Well, Scott, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out, chatting chatting us up, uh, Jared and I, about all sorts of things. I, I think we'd love to talk about shaving but today proves video games shared love and other geeky nerdy stuff so it's been a pleasure and yeah thank you so much man uh everybody you've listened to lab talk (laughs) don't forget to uh check check them out on youtube 
don't forget to like and subscribe and if you like the content you heard smash that bell so you get notified of new uh new episodes when they appear and yeah shave well everybody (laughs) thank you guys so much for joining this episode of lather talk you can find more information about our guest declaration grooming at declarationgrooming.com you can also find all the links and socials for gerard and myself in the show notes also don't forget you can join the conversation on the new lather talk discord server it's a great place to chat and hang out with your fellow wet shavers and listeners of the podcast We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us for the next episode. Take care.